0: When it comes to investing, retirement, taxes, health care, and estate planning, the decisions you make today can greatly affect the quality of life for you and your loved ones tomorrow. What you need is straight and unbiased information on the most important issues you'll face when planning for your retirement and financial future. Good news. You found the Retirement Blueprint with Grant Dorhout. Grant is the founder of Doorhout Retirement Services, and he's been guiding people financially and into retirement for nearly 20 years. So get ready for an hour of the most comprehensive financial information on the radio. It's time for the Retirement Blueprint. And now, here are your hosts, Grant Doorhout and Jeff Shea.
1: Good morning, and welcome to the Retirement Blueprint, the show that gives you the straight talk and honest answers you need to reach your wealth management and retirement goals through smart investing and careful planning. My name is Jeff Shade, and on today's show, we're going to be talking about making an annual financial planning checklist. Also, costs are soaring for elder care. How are you going to pay for that? And eight mistakes that can upend your retirement. I'm just here to ask the questions, but of course, the words of wisdom and solid advice come from Grant Dorhout, founder and wealth advisor of Doerhout Retirement Services right here in Omaha. Grant, how you doing this morning?
2: I'm feeling good today, Jeff. Well-rested from the time that we get to take off right around the holidays, looking forward to another new year.
1: Right. Well, the calendar is just about ready to turn over to 2024, so we've got just a couple of days left for that. Grant, do you ever make any New Year's resolutions?
2: You know, most years I do this year, I think uh, one of them is going to be what I did last year after the first of the year, I get a little bit lazy from the workout routine and the eating routine, of course, yeah. but uh, <laughs> try and get a little less puffy right after the first of the year. And, and, and actually, from a business standpoint, just trying to get more efficient and having the those balances. That's what we're going to work on this year. We're going to try and get a better workout routine uh, for, for the year and just uh, work on some efficiencies. We've done pretty good with that for a long time, but I always think that we can improve just a little bit. And that's what we're going to be focusing on in 2024.
1: Yeah. And I think a lot of people fail with their new year's resolutions because they make them so generally, I want to lose weight. And of Mm -hmm. course, people join the gym. You'll see the streets full of people running and jogging here at the first part of the year, but then comes, you know, like the end of January, February, and they stop doing it. I mean, you go to the gym on January the 2nd, there's no place to park, but by February (laughs) the 2nd, you can park any place you want. But if you put a specific number on things, have a specific goal, I want Mm to- lose 15 pounds and then measure that, you're a lot more likely to reach your goal. And the same way with financial planning. I mean, this is something that I do every year as well. I assess where I am financially. I put together a list of goals that I want to reach by the end of 2024. Then I reverse engineer so that I can meet those goals. But anyway, that's just my advice for New Year's resolutions. And personally, I don't make many New Year's resolutions, but the ones that I do make, I do try to keep. So we hope that everybody's having a great weekend here before New Year's. Grant, let's take a look back at 2023, the year that was. It's not over yet, but, boy, we went through some tumultuous times in 2023. What do you make of the year that is not quite over with yet that we had?
2: Yeah, it was a crazy year in 2023. It was a lot more predictable than 2022 was. A lot of things that that changed economically and and from interest rate standpoint, that kind of toned down, inflation toned down. It really allowed things to operate better toward the end of the year. And and yeah, we had a, a couple bumps in the road here throughout the year, but you're always going to have that from the market standpoint. But then politically, things get thrown in there. That 2023, when you look back, uh, we uh, we did a, a presentation for our clients at the beginning of the year, and we we let them know what to expect in 2023 and why to expect certain things. The research team that we have at Carson, they, they came up with a bunch of great information for 2023. So we could tell our clients, hey, this is what we see from 2023. So if you're in this situation, you can take these different types of risks that might be able to work out for you in 2023. And certain clients that took advantage of that advice from our research team uh, they were able to profit really, really well off of that, and it was—they uh, were spot on. Our research team was spot on with exactly what to expect in 2023, and we just received the guidance of what to expect in 2024. And that's going to be some some really good information for our clients moving forward at the beginning of the year. Certain moves that we can make, certain risks that we can take or not take, depending on what people are feeling. Some of the stuff that people are feeling right now, I've had to tell certain clients in the office that if you look three months ago, for instance, looking at 2024, I was a little bit more emotional about it uh, than I am today. You know, looking at, man, I, I, I had flashbacks. When you think of 2024, I had flashbacks of 2020 and the, mm-hmm. the crazy world that we had from a political and social unrest and everything that happened in 2020 and looking at 2024, just thinking, man, I really hope that that doesn't happen again. But then when you sit back and you let cooler heads prevail and then you actually analyze the data you can make a better decision on what to expect in 2024 and that's kind of what we did in 2023 it worked out really really well this year we're looking forward to another good year next year in 2024 But 2023, uh, definitely glad that we're having this conversation now versus 12 months ago. 12 months ago, that was a different conversation for 2022. It was not a fun year. 2023, great year, crazy year as always, and I I don't think it's going to be any different in 2024.
1: Yeah, there was a big task to tame inflation. Jerome Powell, of course, raised the interest rates several times. And I understand that at least what I'm hearing at this point is that he says that he may begin to cut rates at the beginning of the year. And there could be as many as three rate cuts Mm -hmm. in 2024. How's that going to affect things, do you think?
2: I think it's possible. I think that that's probably a little, little. that's a little further than I think they'll actually go. That's my feeling. Okay. I could be dead wrong. Uh, I don't think that they're going to need to actually cut rates three times. If they do, I think it's going to bode really, really well for our markets in 2024. We're also going to see a more favorable housing market uh, at that point. I have a friend that sells mortgages and she told me a couple months ago, and I think I said this maybe in, in the last couple shows, they anticipated that interest rates, and this was, I believe, two or three, months ago, she said they anticipated interest rates on mortgages to go up to 10% before the end of the year, which we didn't get there. We got just over 8%, Mm -hmm. but they said once it hit 10%, they thought that it was going to drop really, really quickly. And when, when Jerome Powell came out and said that they might be cutting rates in 2024, possibly three times, that would play in line with the mortgages and what they're feeling is that mortgage interest rates will drop back. They've already done that a little bit, but they'll continue to drop and get to be a more favorable environment for people that are buying homes and give opportunities to those that we're getting mortgages this year in 2023. Okay, now we have a refinance opportunity so that we can actually be more affordable on our home in 2024. So it, it will be good overall if they do cut rates. I don't know that they're gonna need to cut them three times. I just, I, I can't see that at this point. You know, time will tell. I think they'll decrease them. I just don't think it'll be three times. I could be wrong, though.
1: Well, as you said, grant mortgage rates are over 8% for a very brief period of time. Right now, as we speak, they're just under 7%. The forecast is maybe for 6% here in 2024. But you're right, for people who are refinancing who do need mortgages, this is certainly welcome news. Let's talk about bonds. I mean, if he does cut interest rates, uh, Jerome Powell, in the coming year, what does that mean for bonds and bond yields?
2: If you think about bonds in a teeter-totter, that's kind of how I always look at it. If you have what you purchase it for, and then what you're getting for a rate of return, and then you think of the duration, let's say if you have a 10-year bond, if I buy a bond for $1,000 that was paying 4%, well, if interest rates go from 4% down to 3%, for instance, if someone's gonna be in the market to purchase a bond, well, if if you can buy a bond in the secondary market for four percent when interest rates are three, you're gonna pay a premium for that. So that'll create an increase in the in the actual value in the secondary market for the bond. So it, it will be a good thing for the value of of anyone that's holding a current bond. Now, it, it could create certain issues with uh, if someone has annuities, for instance, or if they're purchasing an annuity, or if they're going to buy something with an income rider on it, an insurance company, when they're purchasing bonds, they, if they can get 4% on those bonds, it helps them to create a greater income in a reliable income source for someone that is going to look for maybe creating their own personalized pension, if you want to think of it that way so what will happen is you'll see those those rates come down in terms of the the payout rate on an annuity also the fixed rate on fixed annuities you know if someone's getting five or six percent now if they do cut rates three times next year you're not going to see five and six percent you might see four or even three percent and then you look at cds at the bank some people are telling me you know hey i love this i get this seven month cd that is you know five percent or whatever they're getting right now I don't know that that's a great thing. I've been telling certain clients of mine, I'm looking at this from a longer term perspective. We have interest rates that I haven't seen in many, many years. I've been doing this 20 years now, and Mm -hmm. I can't remember ever seeing CD rates at five plus percent. I can't remember seeing five, six percent fixed rates on annuities. So If someone's saying i want a short-term cd or a short-term annuity if it's something that's seven months 15 months 24 months i don't know that that's the greatest play right now (laughs) i would rather say you know what i haven't seen interest rates like this jerome powell is already telling us that they're going to cut rates although i don't think it's going to be three times that doesn't matter he said that they're they're going to cut rates probably at the beginning of the year well why wouldn't i take advantage of if i'm going to get a cd or if i'm going to get a fixed annuity I would look at getting it for longer term, if I'm gonna get a multi-year guarantee annuity or a fixed CD, why wouldn't I take that out for five years if they're already telling me interest rates are gonna go down? If you don't need the money in the next five years, why wouldn't I wanna take the opportunity to get 5% for longer? So I I would tell people that, hey, we we gotta look at this in a different way that although some people don't like longer term commitments, you might be thinking of it in a wrong way that I'm tying that company or that bank into a longer term commitment to me in terms of getting me the interest rate that I want. So I think that that's going to be a positive thing for people.
1: I heard this saying it's okay to date cash, but you don't want to marry cash. So (laughs) where do you see uh, these interest rates going for things like CDs and money markets? Where do you see them going in 2024? I mean, are we still going to have a favorable environment for cash?
2: Yeah, Jeff, I think it's probably going to still be favorable when I I look historically. So if I look two years ago, we were looking at, you know, 1% CDs. I think we're still going to be beyond that. I hope we're beyond that uh, by the end of 2024. If we go back to those types of numbers, I don't know what's going to have to happen in the economy from a negative standpoint to actually cause that. So yes, it's still going to be favorable. I don't know that it's going to be as favorable as it is today. December 30, if we're looking at where we are today, what the interest rates are, very, very favorable. Very nice for people to be able to put money into a money market account and make 4 or 5 or 6%. Very favorable for getting CDs, fixed annuities, things like that. I don't think it's going to be as favorable when you look six, eight months down the road.
1: Grant, before we continue, I want to take a, just a moment here to remind our listeners how that they can have a conversation with you to ask their questions about where we've been in 2023 and where we might be going in 2024 and how their retirement might be affected by that. If you want answers and request your no cost, no obligation and no judgment, DoorHout Retirement Services Review. Now, you can do that today by calling 402-281-0750. Give that number a call. Leave your information there. Lisa will give you a call back next week and schedule an appointment for you to sit down with Grant and ask your specific questions. Just a very casual one-on-one conversation as I said with no cost and certainly no obligation whatsoever. Remember the quality of life uh, for your retirement that could last 30 years can be affected by this conversation. Once again that number to call 402-281-0750. No cost, no obligation for this. Why don't you do it this way Weekend. It is the last weekend of 2023. Wouldn't you like to get 2024 off on the right foot? Make it your New Year's resolution to improve your retirement journey by calling four zero two two eight one zero seven fifty. You can also request your complimentary plan online at com. That's D-O-R-H-O-U-T, retirementservices.com.
0: Want more strategies to support the quality of life you want for 30-plus years? Stick around. There's more Retirement Blueprint with Grant Doorhout in just a moment. You can't start a trip you've never taken without a plan and you can't start your retirement journey without a comprehensive plan to get there safely. To request your no-cost, no-obligation Doorhout Retirement Roadmap, call 402-281-0750 or request it online at doorhoutretirementservices.com. Now, back to more of Retirement Blueprint with Grant Doorhout and Jeff Shade.
1: Happy New Year, everyone. Thank you so much for making us a part of your holiday weekend plans. This is Retirement Blueprint with Grant Dorhout. My name is Jeff Shade, and certainly we are so glad you decided to join us here for your fiscal fitness and your financial education. We're on the radio for you every week at this time, 11 o'clock on Saturday mornings. Once again, that telephone number is going to be 402-281-0750, 402-281-0750. Questions, comments, things you'd like us to talk about on the show. We want to hear from you. And Grant has also set aside five appointments, five appointments this coming week exclusively for listeners to this radio program so that you can get in and sit down with Grant and talk about your financial concerns. Now, there are only five slots that he has set aside for listeners to the program. So if you would like to get in sooner or later and have that very casual conversation with Grant, get your questions answered so that you can progress on a path for 2024 that's going to allow you to have a retirement which you not only survive, but you thrive, I highly encourage you to call this number right now, 402-281-0750. Get in and snap up one of those five appointments because they are going fast. 402-281-0750. You can also request it online at doorhoutretirementservices.com, but I would highly suggest that you call this weekend. Leave your information, Lisa. Will grab that for you. She'll give you a call back as soon as possible and let you have one of those five appointments. Okay, granted, it is the end of 2023. It's the beginning of 2024, so I want to talk a little bit about some that's called an annual financial planning checklist first of all what is an annual financial plan
2: yeah, so this is one of my New Year's resolutions from several years ago where, hey, we're going to we're gonna start doing this at the beginning of the year. We're going to look at what our situation is, what is our cash position, what is our mortgage at, what do we have in our retirement accounts, what are all of these things. Let's line these all up and let's figure out what we're going to do this year on not only a yearly basis, but then looking at it from a month to month and a weekly standpoint. That's what I encourage people to do is when you break it down, it's much, much easier to achieve achieve an annual goal if you break down this is what i have to do every single week and every single month i like doing it that way it it helps keep you on top of things so that you don't get to december and say oh no i didn't hit my number of if i'm going to contribute to an ira let's say someone's going to put six thousand dollars in an ira this year Well, most people, if they're going to do that, they're not going, it's going to be much easier if they do it either monthly or even weekly that you have certain things that you do. Like if you're going to contribute to that IRA, or if you're going to try and max out a SEP IRA or something like that, it helps you just be very structured and then help you achieve those goals in a much easier way. If you just write everything out, beginning of the year, get that annual financial plan right from the get-go on January 1.
1: So basically what you're doing is you're creating a financial inventory, right?
2: Oh yeah, absolutely. You got to know exactly where you're at because when we're doing retirement plans, like if I have someone come in here that's 50 years old, I just had someone come in that she was 55 years old. She's planning on trying to retire seven to 10 years from now. Well, we we look at where she currently is now and what we need to do each year in order to get to her retirement, which is less about getting this nest egg to, some people want to say, oh, I need a million dollars or 2 million or $5 million. No, we got to work this backwards and get what do we have and what are we going to need from an income standpoint? So all of these things play in and it's going to help you in the future get to your, your retirement goals if you're not there yet. Yes, definitely putting together this financial inventory of where my debts are, where my cash positions are, where my retirement funds are, where my insurances are, all of these things. And then find out, you might find out when you do this inventory in your house that, wait a minute, I have nine different types of these types of policies. I have a client that we just did this with. He had like nine different types of life insurance policies that... He didn't really realize why he had them. And they were obviously before he, before he came and utilized my services. But getting those all in one place, you can find out if you're wasting money as well.
1: So I do what I call a fiscal fitness checkup. You know, I have an annual medical checkup. This is my fiscal fitness checkup at the beginning of the year. I put down what I think that my cash flow is going to be, and then I put down what the debts are. I mean, it could be mortgages, student loans, car loans. I don't have student loans necessarily, credit cards, all those other things, and just make a plan to pay things down and to save more. You really have to set financial goals. If one is setting financial goals for 2024, would you advise to not set maybe just really big goals? I mean, you know, just very broad goals, but rather set maybe short-term goals and mid-term goals and long-term goals. How do do you do it?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I would say if you're going to, if you have an annual goal, let's say it's debt payoff. Uh, Let's say someone has a a mortgage left that they have $30,000 left on and they're five years from retirement. They want to get this paid off in the next five years. Well, they're probably gonna do it if they only have 30,000. But let's say you wanna have it done this year. Well, what am I gonna do in order to achieve that? That's on average about $2,500 per month. Some people won't even like doing that. So what I would do is I would say, let's go ahead and put $600 every week on that. Can you stomach that? Well, if you can't, then there's no way that you're gonna hit that goal. But what do I have to do on a smaller scale and do it more often. When I talk to people that are younger, like my nieces and nephews, when they've approached me about this subject and, well, how do I start actually saving for retirement? Well, don't start saying, you know, I'm gonna put $6,000 into this IRA because most young people aren't gonna have that. But if you break it down and you say, well, hey, how about if we do, could we do like a hundred bucks a week on Friday? that's a lot more palatable than you're going to get over $5,000 into that IRA. Same thing with people when they're looking at their their retirement checklist or if it's debt payoff. Well, break it down. Don't try and pay off $10,000 or $30,000. Break it down into a much, much smaller amount and just do it more often because we – everyone – Myself included, we spend money—twenty bucks here and there, fifty bucks here and there, a hundred dollars here and there—every right. single week. Well, if I just repurpose that and say, you know what, I'm not going to go do this that I typically spend a hundred bucks a week on. I'm going to take that hundred dollars every single week. I'm going to put it towards whatever it is, whether it be IRA or whether it be debt right. payoff, whatever it might be. You can repurpose those things, and that's the—that's kind of the goal that you're going to have doing your annual financial plan right now.
1: Yeah, I have a friend who has this thing he calls the million dollar latte, and what he means by that is, you know, young people these days they don't just go get a cup of coffee; they they need to go to Starbucks or some sort of specialty thing. A coffee's gonna be mm-hmm. five, six bucks, and you got tax and tip on top of that. If you just drank the free coffee at work, or you made coffee on your own, and you took mm-hmm. that to five, six, seven bucks a day, put that into an account, uh, you know, with a reasonable rate of interest in a reasonable period of time—I mean, 20, 30 thirty years—you could have a million bucks, and he calls mm-hmm. that his million. dollars dollar latte plan we're talking with grant Dorhout here of Dorhout retirement services we're talking about creating a financial plan a fiscal fitness checkup here for 2024 i think you should have also a financial plan for the family if you've got children determine how much you're going to need to save for future college expenses choose the right college savings accounts they're five two nines but there are other ways to do that and if you're caring for elderly parents explore whether long-term care insurance or life insurance can help as well Let's talk about the investments again here, Grant, and talk about rebalancing your portfolio. Is this something that you want to pay attention to here at the beginning of the year, or is it something that we should really look into all year long, and how often should we look to rebalance our portfolios?
2: Yeah, if you haven't rebalanced in a while, I would highly suggest that this is a habit that you get into is just just looking at where you're at. And typically people are going to be doing this inside of their 401k's, making sure that they are allocated the way that they want and and how close they are to retirement is actually matching up with what their investments are. So, as you get closer and closer to retirement, you can still have some of these funds that are going to be aggressively invested. Now, what I mean by that is every single person is going to have aggressive investments. And even when you're 70 years old, you're probably gonna have some aggressive investments. The percentage of aggressive investments is gonna go down though. As you get closer to retirement, you're gonna start looking at, okay, well, what money do I need in the next two years? And that's gonna be my really, really conservative investment. So I would highly encourage someone, if you are gonna need $50,000 per year, for instance, and this is just easy examples, $50,000 $50,000 per year out of your investment starting in retirement. Let's say someone's going to retire at 65 and this is 63 years old. Well, in two years, I'm going to need $50,000 for that first year of retirement out of my investments. So I'm not going to take all of my portfolio and make it all conservative because I'm two years from retirement. I'm going to keep that two years that I need conservative. And then I'm going to look at, well, three to five years down the road, I can make that more moderately invested. And then aggressive investments is going to be more your 10 year plus investments. And I would highly encourage if you're doing this on your own inside of your 401k, just set it on your calendar as a reminder, do it right now for January one. And don't worry about it until the first of April. Just let it go. Make sure that, that it's investing the way that you want it to. Make sure your contribution is exactly the way you want it to. April 1, have a reminder in your calendar have it tell you, hey, I got to go in and I got to rebalance my portfolio, make sure that I have the next two years done exactly, make sure that I have that, that next two years done in the conservative and then moderate and then aggressive. And you can do that on your own inside of your 401k. This is also something that we help people through one of our programs. If people don't want to do that, we can help them with that through a program called Pontera. But most people, you can do this on your own. And if you want some direction, this is what we provide for our clients that aren't retired yet, just showing them Okay, just look at it four times a year. Don't worry about it beyond that. Don't get wrapped up in the hype of 2024, the election stuff that's going on. Don't get wrapped up in that. We're looking at 2024 as a positive year. You just gotta be very focused in terms of why am I investing this money in a conservative portfolio? The answer, because I need that money in the next two years. Perfect, that's why you did that. Then just ramping up the aggressive nature the longer the time period is because it will become more predictable the longer you have having these investments invested in the market.
1: If our listeners have questions about their annual financial planning checklist, once again, I invite you to call 402-281-0750 and set up a conversation with Grant to discuss your financial plan and your roadmap to retirement here for 2024. Once again, we are reserving, or I should say Grant is reserving, five seats, five appointments this coming week. If you're worried or you've called other financial advisors and they're trying to schedule you out three, four months, don't do that. Call us here, 402-281-0750. We are scheduled five people with appointments this week. We're holding those slots available exclusively for listeners to this radio program. Why wouldn't you want to do this here at the beginning of 2024? It's a chance for you to sit down with Grant in his office, or if you want, you can do it by phone, but nevertheless, just discuss your financial situation, where you are right now, where you want to be in 2024 and beyond, and design a plan to get there. Once again, no cost, no obligation for this, no judgment. Do it today for 402 281 Well, I know you're saying it's the weekend. There's nobody there. That's okay. Leave your information. Just name and phone number, and Lisa will give you a call back on Tuesday. She'll schedule that appointment for you. Again, no cost and no obligation for this 402 281 Call it today. You can also request your retirement blueprint online at com. That's D-O-R-H-O-U-T, retirementservices.com.
0: Want more talk about sustaining your wealth and thriving in a retirement that could last 30 plus years? Stay tuned for more Retirement Blueprint with Grant Dorhout after this. Ready to climb a mountain of financial know-how? Good, because it's time for more Retirement Blueprint with your financial Sherpas, Grant Dorhout and Jeff Shea. Happy New Year in advance 2023.
1: In the rearview mirror, 2024, just ahead of us here. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Retirement Blueprint with Grant Doerhout. My name is Jeff Shade. Once again, our telephone number 402-281-0750. Grant has reserved five slots, five slots only. This coming week, if you got to get in and sit down with Grant, you can't get an appointment with anybody else. Why wouldn't you snap up one of those five slots? You can do it right now. 402-281-0750. No cost no obligation for this leave your information name and telephone number tell them what you want to do and lisa will give you a call back on tuesday we will get you in sooner than later you don't have to wait to begin that journey towards a successful retirement 402-281-0750 or online doorhotretirementservices.com but the best way to do it would be to give us a call okay grant we've talked about this in the show before but not everybody's heard all of our shows let's talk about the peace and retirement blueprint that you offer there that's actually on the back of your business card. Can you tell us more about what that is?
2: Oh, yeah, that's a good point. We haven't talked about that in a couple of weeks. I think people need to know this, that it's very, very targeted, very, very specific in what we're doing and what we're trying to accomplish with people. When I say peace in retirement, yes, that's a, that's a tagline. That's what we're looking for, for people to have in retirement is they, we want peace in retirement. But how do we achieve that financially? And it's really, really simple when you break it down. And these different letters stand for individual things. So the P is for a protected income stream. We're looking for having a dedicated income plan for all of our expenses in retirement, or let's say if it's someone that has, they have enough income, but they want to have a more reliable way to actually pull their required minimum distributions. That would fall under our protected income plan. Second one, the E is for an efficient tax strategy. I was sitting down with someone just a couple of days going through her tax plan and how we're going to achieve tax efficiency in retirement looking at okay do we want to have this much in a tax-deferred bucket do we want to shift this over to a tax-free bucket and get this income for life tax-free and every single person there is a appropriate amount to have in a taxable bucket, tax-deferred and tax-free. I don't believe anyone should have all in one of those buckets. And the majority of people that we actually run into, if I'm going to say that they have 100% of their money in one of those buckets, it's going to be in the tax-deferred bucket, and we make sure that we're more efficient from a tax perspective that way. A is for accumulation. I talk about this all the time, like my dad, when he moved to town off the farm when he was 65 years old, it was really difficult for him to actually stomach some of the risks that the market can bring at us. and. I think we, we still have to be in the market. We have to do it in a, a responsible way that allows people to sleep at night. So putting together that type of plan is very important. It's not just, hey, leave everything as it was before retirement. We just talked about that in the last segment in terms of rebalancing. We don't leave everything as it was when we were 40 or 50 years old. We have to do things a little bit differently because maybe our risk tolerance has changed. The fourth one is actually complete control of your health care. And we're going to hit on this during this segment the healthcare portion and what we're going to put together i'm going to go through some more details here in just a second but having a healthcare plan that's going to get you through retirement that's not just the doctor's bills the bills of, of going to see your doctor on a monthly basis for some people or annual basis for others it's further beyond that what other type of care you're going to in all likelihood need in retirement And then the E is for estate, putting together an estate plan. We're not gonna write any trusts or wills or anything like that in our office, but we have lawyers that we work with that do, but putting together an estate plan that gets these funds when you're gone, where you want them to, that's going to be very, very important looking at the estate plan as well. But so having all five of those different plans, extremely important. If you just have money that's in a 401k, or if you just have it at a big box store, you probably don't have all five of these plans. Very important to have all of them.
1: So that is the Peace in Retirement Blueprint. Once again, if you would like to talk to Grant about that and get in on this Peace in Retirement Blueprint, we certainly have five slots available for you in this coming week. Call 402 281 402 281 and snatch up one of those spots sooner than later. Okay, Grant, let's talk about something that we have talked about before, but as I said, everybody doesn't listen to all of the shows. You know, despite medical advances that have added years to the average lifespan, federal long-term care for older people really hasn't fundamentally changed since President Johnson signed Medicare and Medicaid into law in 1965. And these days, millions of families are facing some dawning life choices as the escalating costs of in-home care and assisted living facilities and nursing homes have devoured the savings and incomes of older Americans and their relatives. So I want to address that in this segment. Long-term care is something that more than likely is going to happen to each and every one of us if we live past the age of 65. Is that your understanding, Grant, that if we're age 65, that we'll really need some sort of long-term care in our lifetimes?
2: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Those numbers have changed just in the recent few years. Uh, It used to be, I think I was saying about five years ago, that once a couple reaches age 65, they have better than a 70% chance of utilizing long-term care in some way, shape, or form. Now that number has changed. If an individual has reached age 65, there's better than a 70% chance that you'll need long-term care in some way, shape, or form. A lot of people don't like hearing that because they think of it like my mom did. When I talk about long-term care with my parents, Oh, what was it? 16, 17 years ago, my mom said, I don't care because I'm not going. And I, <laughs> I get why, because I went to the nursing home with my mom to see yeah. her mom. She doesn't want that for herself, and I don't want that for her either. Uh, but a lot of people don't like hearing that statistic because that's all that they see and that's all that they think about. But what you have to realize is it's many, many different layers of long-term care. There's home health care. Right. There's assisted living, adult daycare, community care. There's all, And then, yes, there is... The final stage, which is full blown nursing care, and that that's what we don't want. but I have some comforting news for people that the majority, almost ninety percent of claims right now I've heard is actually home health care or assisted living, and those are the more pleasant ways that we can have this care taken care of. So, getting that taken care of. I don't want people to get bogged down with the full-blown nursing care, not only from a cost standpoint, but also from an emotional standpoint. There's other ways that you have to plan for long-term care, and that's the way that we typically focus on a health care plan for people in retirement.
1: And if you have in-home care, I mean, those workers can get $25, $30 an hour very easily, so those costs can really, really add up. Let's talk about the ways to pay for long-term care. Basically, as I understand it, there's about four of them. Now, the first one, is simply you just write the check, but most people are really not plumbed to do that because of the expense.
2: Yeah, I, I've heard that for years. You know what? I'm just going to self insure. Well, that's right. not really proper terminology because you're you're self funding, right? You're just going to write a check, and you know most people aren't going to have that taken care of properly. Really, I mean, unless you have ten million dollars sitting around. You're going to be fine if you have $10 million sitting around or $10 million in investments. But the majority of people that have, you know, maybe a million or a million and a half, they're going to want to be much more targeted in how they're going to pay for these things than just saying, you know what, we're just going to write a check because we don't know how long that is going to last. Depending on how much someone's nest egg is, if they got six hundred thousand dollars, for instance, if you got five thousand dollars a month, that's going towards long-term care, that's not going to last forever.
1: So writing the check may not be the answer for a lot of people, but if you are a veteran, there's something called Veterans Aid and Attendance. Grant, can you tell us more about that?
2: That's a little known detail that people have. I have a lot of people that are that are retirees uh, that are that used to work at Offutt or or were in the military for. 20 years and they just say, well, I'm just going to go to the VA. Okay, well, that might be a possibility for you if they have a bed, but there's also the Veterans Aid and Attendance where they can get up to $3,260 a month in additional aid for paying for these long-term care services. Uh, and these are war-era veterans. I mean, there's some specifics around it. We're not going to get into all of the specific details because we could we could talk for an hour on that. But that's right. a little-known way that people can get some additional assistance to pay for, for some long-term care services.
1: And I'll throw this out there, too, if you're interested in that. There is a website you can go to and find out more about it. It is AmericanVeteransAid.com. Again, it is AmericanVeteransAid.com. So that's Veterans Aid and Attendance. Next one is a long-term care policy, Grant.
2: Yeah, this one takes a little bit longer to go through and that's because there's a lot of different ways that you can actually buy a long-term care policy. Most people don't know that because when I say long-term care, I've done dinner seminars for years. When I say the word long-term care, a lot of people say it's expensive. Okay, well, what what do you mean? Long-term care is expensive at the nursing home, correct, but you're looking at long-term care as an insurance policy, I've heard a lot of people say a lot of negative things. If you look at a traditional long-term care policy, I don't prefer to do our long-term care planning that way anymore, strictly because I can't predict it. I can't tell you exactly what your premium is going to be. I can't tell you exactly what your costs are going to be or what the benefits are going to be. Because let's say someone buys a policy and it starts out at $200 a month, and then it goes up to four or five or $600 per month and then they pass away peacefully in their bed at 90 years old and they never got anything out of that, no benefits came from paying all of those premiums all of those years other than having some tax benefits. Well, if I look at it, I I much prefer to go with a long-term care policy if we're going to do that. Having a long-term care plan where you would have a asset-based long-term care where you have a lump sum of money that is going to be paid out if you live and you need it. You're going to have X amount of dollars that's going to pay out for long-term care at home or in an assisted living facility or, yes, in full-blown nursing care. Or if you, if you pass away, there's a death benefit inside of that specific type of policy. So you don't have to worry about throwing that money away. Like I've heard a lot of people say that they're gonna waste money on long-term care. But if you wanna quit, if you just want all your money back, then there's, there's provisions in a lot of these policies that you can get all your money back as well. So I much prefer the live, die, or quit option versus the unpredictability of a, a long-term care policy that's more in, a, in the traditional sense.
1: We're talking about four ways to pay for long-term care with Grant Doorhout of Doorhout Retirement Services. We've talked about writing the check yourself, veterans aid in attendance, long-term care policy. Let's wrap it up with Medicare and Medicaid, Grant.
2: Yeah, so from a Medicare standpoint, you're never going to get long-term care out of it in that way. And I I have a lot of people tell me that until they know all of the details, they just say, well, I'm just going to let Medicare pay for it. Well, that's not going to happen because from Medicare's standpoint, the longest that you could get them to pay is going to be up to 100 days. You're going to have to meet qualifications. And between Medicare and your Medicare supplement, you could qualify to get up to 100 days in coverage out of that. But that's not likely that you're gonna get that. We can go through some details with people in the office that they want more details on that. But Medicaid, if you're looking at that as an option, well, then you're gonna pretty much have to be out of money. I mean, there's a specified amount of money that a surviving spouse could have, but it's not that much money. And then you could have certain amounts of your Social Security check when you're in a nursing home, but not all of it, because that's got to go towards paying for your care. So if you have someone that says that they're just going to write a check for it, that's fine. You can do that. You're in all likelihood going to get to a point where... You're going to be relying on Medicaid unless you have a really, really big nest egg, then you could get by with just writing a check. But Medicaid, that's going to be an option for those that don't have any money to actually take care of that cost themselves, but they do need the care. That's when the state Medicaid system could pay for them. And some people say, you know what, I'm going to give money to my kids and then I'm going to qualify for Medicaid. You got to be careful with that strategy as well, because there is a look back period where the state's going to look back and see, hey, did they, did they just get rid of $500,000 and then ask the state to pay for it? Yeah, and month. if that's the case, yeah, <laughs> yeah, if that's the case, then the, the state basically says, okay, well, you had 500000 You no longer have it in your account. Well, the average cost of care is $10,000 per month. So we're not going to pay for 50 months. We don't care wow. how you pay for it, but we're not going to pay for 50 months. And that's basically how that would go. So from a Medicaid standpoint, that's not a really viable option unless you really have very little or no money.
1: Yeah, and I think there's a look-back period. It's something like five years or 60 months, something yep. like that. So as I said, Correct. you can't transfer assets from your parents to you and do it in a month. I mean, you got to gradually plan for this if you think Medicare is going to be the answer for you. We're talking with Grant Dorhout here of Dorhout Retirement Services, and we're talking about ways to pay for long-term care. Once again, that telephone number, 402 750 We have set aside five slots for you, five slots this coming week. If you want to get in, you can't get in anyplace else, Call us. We've got a slot for you, but these slots are filling up quickly. 402-281-0750 402-281-0750 is the number to call. Do it this weekend, and we will get you in next week. Leave your information. Lisa will give you a call back on Tuesday. 402-281-0750. If you want to find out more about the firm, go out to doorhoutretirementservices.com, D-O-R-H-O-U-T, retirementservices.com.
0: Want more straight talk and honest answers about your wealth management and retirement journey? Stay with us. There's more Retirement Blueprint with Grant Dorhout here. We're back with more strategies for a successful retirement. This is the Retirement Blueprint. Once again, here's Grant Dorhout and Jeff Shea.
1: Happy New Year. Thanks for joining us here on The Retirement Blueprint with Grant Dorhout of Dorhout Retirement Services. Once again, our telephone number, 402-281-0750. If you want to get in and snatch up one of those five spots that we have available for you this coming week, no cost, no obligation for your Peace and Retirement Blueprint. Once again, that number, 402-281-0750. Well, Grant, it's a Saturday morning, and we don't often get celebrity guests in the studio, but I understand surprising us is a very special person who has just walked through the studio door. I'll let you take it from there.
2: Yeah, we got Haley came in this morning. I, I didn't know Haley and Erica were actually coming in. Erica wouldn't come on the air with us, but Haley's, <laughs> Haley's more than willing to. So, uh, so I'm glad to have her here with us this morning just for a couple minutes.
1: So Haley, welcome to the radio program. I know that you love Christmas. You're singing the Christmas songs, you know, by the time Thanksgiving's over, even before Thanksgiving's over, you're singing Christmas songs. What's your favorite part about Christmas?
2: Um, My favorite part... Is probably like shopping for my mom with oh, my dad.
1: What sort of things do you think that they like?
2: Food. <laughs> Food.
1: That's a that's a that's a good one, Haley. Yeah, that's <laughs> I, I true. We
2: that. do. We we've had a lot of feasts here in the last uh, couple weeks, and and that's part of the reason. Uh, one of my New Year's resolutions was to get a little less puffy, is because we uh, <laughs> w- we kind of overdid it. But but that's part of this season, so it, it was a lot of fun, wasn't it, Haley?
1: Yeah. Now, Haley, the new year is coming up here, 2024. It's hard to believe that it's here, but do you make New Year's resolutions? I mean, what do you want to happen in 2024 for you and your friends and your family?
2: Um, I want to go, like, skiing more because oh. I've only gone, like, twice, and I really like skiing. We had a lot of fun. We did that a couple years ago. We went to Colorado. We got all the ski gear and stuff. And last year, we didn't make it to Colorado, but we uh, we made it out to uh, Mount Crescent. I <laughs> that, see. Was, that was pretty fun as well. <laughs>
1: Well, Haley, it's been a real pleasure having you on the radio show. Do you think you might want to come back sometime and maybe help your dad out, talk about finances a little bit? What do you think? Yeah, Okay. Probably. <laughs> okay, probably. Help,
2: that's right. <laughs> All yeah.
1: right. Well, Haley, right. thank you so much for being on the radio program. Appreciate it. And you have a happy new year. And, you know, I guess we'll turn it back over to dad now and finish up the show for today. Okay, Grant, uh, that was a real Thank surprise. You. Thank you very much. That was a real surprise, uh, bringing Haley into the studio here. So let's talk about the uh, plan that we had for the last part of our show today. Eight mistakes. Well, we may not get to all eight of them, but... Eight mistakes that can upend your retirement. The first one I think is not having a strategy, or, or really not having a plan at all.
2: Oh yeah, absolutely. Not having a plan. That's uh, I, I heard it years ago from my first manager uh, when I started selling insurance. Uh, you know, we were we were out, and I put together exactly what I was going to do, what my game plan was for the day. And he he always said to me, he said, yeah, if you fail to plan, you you plan to fail having a direction, having a goal. I've had so many people so many times say to me, man, it's really nice to just have a target. Like we know what we're trying to accomplish here versus just haphazardly investing and then just kind of hoping it works out. I have a a relatively new client that she said that her her financial advisor or old financial advisor would always just tell her, well, you're gonna be fine. You're gonna have millions of dollars. And there would be no real plan or direction behind it. And I think that's problematic because if we don't know what we're trying to go for in a specific plan, how do we know that it's actually going to work out versus that other financial advisor saying, "Well, it's going to be fine." Well, how do you know? Let's 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 put a little bit more behind this. Get these five plans put together so that you know what you're going to do in every one of these situations and plan for the the potential problems down the road that we don't see coming, whether it be tax rate increases or market crashes or healthcare events happening, or maybe a a spouse passing away. I was just talking to a client of mine yesterday about their spouse passing away. And now we got to create different incomes because we have to replace the social security check. All of those things you have to plan for and a lot of times people don't it's not their fault it's just they haven't been given the tools the resources and the advice to really know this is what i need to have in my life to make sure that my retirement plan is is all funded and i'm going to fund my goal throughout the rest of my life whether it might be 10 years it might be 30 years you got to know you got them all covered
1: so no plan, no strategy, no good. Next one is frequent trading. I mean, a lot of people are chasing the next hot investment. That really doesn't lead to good things, does it? Usually,
2: no. I I have people ask me that all the time. When we when we have our plans, that they'll rebalance. You know, our models will rebalance. They'll buy and sell certain things, and they'll ask me, "Well, did you do that?" Well, yes, we did. We set that up for you, but I didn't actively go in and and trade it because. We're going to be chasing things then if we, if we do. And we're susceptible to emotions uh, if we're doing high-frequency trading, if we're, if we're trying to buy and sell things on a, on a daily, weekly, or even monthly basis, trying to chase those returns. That can be very problematic. Some people can do it very, very well, but they're few and far between. People that are going to be day trading and things like that, I would much rather have something that is, uh, is, is proven over a time period And then we set up the different buckets to cover the different expenses whether it be zero to two years three to five five to ten or ten year plus and then just set our models to rebalance inside of there that's going to be a much more reliable way to get through retirement you're not going to have near as much heartburn
1: grant i would imagine in this conversation that you can't neglect maximizing tax-deferred savings
2: yeah, you got to make sure that you are in the right tax bracket. What I mean by that, I was just with another client of mine uh, a couple of days ago. They've been putting money into a 401k with me for years. They've been maxing it out. They're doing that because what they're trying to do is they're trying to maximize the 22% bracket and they don't want to pay anything in the 24. And and some people are maxing out the 24 and they're they don't want to pay anything in the in the 32% bracket. So you defer that 32 or the 24 And the reason that you do that is you have to be looking towards retirement and what your income is going to be. That's how you look at what your tax efficiencies are gonna be. So like, let's say if I have someone that's gonna have $40,000 in social security, for instance, and I figure out what their provisional income is based on what their tax-deferred savings is, I know how much money I'm going to have filtering into the provisional income, so I know how much tax they're gonna pay on their Social Security. So if we're trying to pay no tax on the Social Security, that's gonna change how much we're gonna wanna defer in that 401k in a tax-deferred basis so that I know how much money I'm gonna have to take out of that tax-deferred bucket in retirement. If I'm maxing it out, if I let's say if I have someone that, that wants to defer as much as possible, for instance, that might not always be best. So when we say maximizing tax deferred savings, I'm going to add in the word efficiency on there because that doesn't always mean that we want to put more into that tax deferred bucket. We might want to steer towards the tax free bucket if you have the Roth 401k as the option as well.
1: Our telephone number, 402-281-0750. Questions or comments of Grant about mistakes that can upend your retirement plan? Or if you want that piece in retirement blueprint at no cost, no obligation, 402-281-0750. We talked about medical care costs and health care costs. We don't want to overlook those. That is one thing that can really upend your retirement plan. But another, I think, is going to be retiring with too much debt how do you help people or how do you counsel people on debt in retirement? And is there good debt and bad debt? How do you feel about paying off the mortgage? You know, that sort of thing.
2: Yeah. So if I have my preference, I like to have no debt going into retirement. That's going to be a healthy spot to be because you have a clean slate every single month. Now I could say, you know what, hey, I'm fine with having some debt if that debt is going to be a mortgage that you have at 2%, for instance, that's not bad debt, in my opinion, because we can make more money than that 2%. And not only that, if the tax law changes here as it's scheduled to At the beginning of 2026 we might have a situation where depending on how much you are are giving to a charity on a monthly basis or weekly basis you might be able to actually write off your mortgage interest if we go back to a situation where you can itemize versus utilizing the standard deduction like most people are currently
1: and finally grant it's not only about money there are other things that make a good retirement rather than how much money you've got in the bank
2: yeah, Jeff, it's not only about money. A lot of people think about that. It can sort of paralyze people into just focusing on that aspect. But I highly encourage people to really figure out what you want to do in retirement. You have to find out, what am I going to fill these 2,600 hours with? Because if you figure out, uh, you know what, I'm I'm going to fill these 2,600 hours with sitting at home and watching grass grow, that's not going to be a very long retirement in my experience. Because it's not healthy for you. You should be active. We're made to work. If we are more active, we're going to help ourselves from a mental standpoint as well. I look at my dad, for instance, he's 82 years old, actually turns 83 here in a few days. And you would not know that he was 83 years old when you talk to him because he's kept himself active he still periodically will be driving a an 18 wheeler and he'll he'll help my nephew next year again i'm i'm sure that he'll be hauling some water when when joe is spraying and that's a good thing for him you know having a good diet having good exercise routine and just staying socially involved i have one of my clients that they have plenty of money from their social security and they they have two military pensions. They can't spend all the money on a monthly basis in retirement. That doesn't mean that they sit at home and do nothing. They do go to the gym. They do go and and work at charities and help charities in Omaha that they're passionate about. These are very good things to be involved in these charities or involved with your church or helping your kids with their kids and carting grandkids around and things like that. Staying active is going to be very, very important and making sure that you're exercising your mind. My grandma, when they retired from the farm, they, uh, they moved to town and my grandpa Jake, he would track rain patterns and he'd track all of these things that most people didn't but he did to keep himself mentally active and my grandma on the flip side she sat and she loved to crochet and she would crochet in the chair all day and she wouldn't really exercise her mind and and that was really detrimental for her retirement and i really want people to to have that successful retirement yes financially but but mentally and socially and Having all of that is a good balanced retirement, not just do I have millions of dollars, although that is a piece, we have to think about it much further than just the monetary aspect.
1: If you've got questions that you'd like to ask Grant in person about mistakes that could upend your retirement plan, call 402-281-0750 and get in and sit down with Grant. Once again, we are making five slots available for the listeners to this radio program this coming week. You can get in sooner than later. Once again, 402-281-0750. You can also request your plan online at doorhoutretirementservices.com. It has been such a pleasure to be with you, our listening audience here in 2023. Grant and I wish you all the best for 2024. Be sure to join us for our show each and every week at 11 a.m. here on News Talk 1290 COIL. We'll talk to you again next week, next year, with another edition of Premier Retirement here on News Talk 1290 COIL. Happy New Year. The opinions voiced in the Retirement Blueprint with Grant Dorhout are for general information and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. Examples provided are hypothetical and for illustrative purposes only. No strategy assures success or protects Against loss,
2: investing in an alternative investment may only be suitable for persons who are able to assume the risk of losing a portion or all of their entire investment. To determine what may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, financial, or tax advisor prior to investing. All indices are unmanaged and may not be invested into directly. The performance of any index is not indicative of the performance of any investment and does not consider the effects of inflation and the fees and expenses associated with investing. Investment advisory services offered through CWM LLC and SEC registered investment
0: advisor. Jeff Shade and show guests are not affiliated with CWM LLC.